Welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. Today, we are joined by one of the more interesting interviews on the PGA Tour. He just recently won the OHL Classic at Mayakoba. He is Pat Perez, 15-year tour veteran. Pat, I think many people would agree with me in saying that you are a great interview. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Maybe because I don't fake it like a lot of people. If I, uh, I'm not afraid to hear hear the truth, and I guess some people are, and I don't know. It just seems like, uh, I don't know. That's just the way I am, I guess. Well, I think it earns you a lot of fans. People appreciate that on social media. You like to tell it like it is. You're not afraid to say things. Uh, I know that the media appreciate when someone is more candid than someone who's who's offering the the, the safe. Um, yeah, but the only problem with that whole thing is you you do say what you want, and all of a sudden you get worn out for it. So it's, that's why a lot of people do what they do, and they don't they don't give the interview that the guys want because they're you know when, when someone does say something they want to, the media takes it and, and destroys you for it. So your opinion becomes kind of your enemy. Yeah, it can be tricky. I'm sure I'm I'm not in the shoes of a professional athlete, but uh, you have to you don't have to look very far on the internet to find areas where words can be misconstrued but anyways uh we can get off of that topic quickly uh the more important topic for you recently is the win uh in mexico i'm curious though for people who weren't paying attention there's there's no shot tracker down there at the event what what was clicking in your game just everything i had a, had a different attitude last week i had uh, a lot of confidence in my game i had an attitude that um, <clears throat> was just a kill attitude i want to beat everybody and I wasn't wanting anything to stop me from doing it, and I just kind of had this new uh, new look at golf and how I want to play, and and uh, you know that was about it. So I heard people talk about your attitude, and I guess I had never really known what your attitude was prior. Why why is why was last week different as far as attitude goes? What was different from what you used to have at, on the course? Yeah, when, when I got hurt, it was kind of like you were. I was kind of like dead. You know, people didn't really. Uh, you know, I, I got dropped by Callaway, and, and they basically told me that I wasn't, you know, I, I think in their mind, I didn't think I was going to come back and be worth anything. So that's why they got rid of me, and they were going after the younger kids. And and uh, that gave me a lot of motivation. And just, I don't know, just a lot of things. It was a lot of things. I'm not going to really get into names or any of that kind of stuff, but I just had a lot of motivation to come back and uh, prove certain people wrong and certain things wrong. And, and that's... Uh, I guess I just gotten angry enough to focus on what I needed to do and 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 try to uh, do whatever I could to you know play as well as I could. Yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations first and foremost. How was the uh, the victory celebration? Uh, it's been kind of long. It's going to be all pretty much. It's going to be for a while because I, I haven't gotten to see a lot of people in a while. So uh, my wife threw me a good party when I got home. She surprised me. Everybody was here and they. It was uh, it was fun. We had a great night, and, and then uh, you know we're gonna go up to other house uh, up north here in a little bit. And we're gonna still break with them, and then just as I see people, it's just kind of it's actually it's nice to have a little break here before I uh, get you know get longer or get started with a long uh, season next year. Well, that's one of the things about the I think the fall series for people who are really trying to get that next PGA Tour win or that first PGA Tour win or the second in your case. I think the fall series offers some events that you can get that win and then you know it, it kind of loosens up your schedule and, and kind of opens up the i guess the variety of tournaments you can choose from is that is that pretty true in your case yeah it is you know I, i'm not really a fan of the fall series anyway i wish it you know i wish it was just done after the FedEx cup and so everybody had three and a half months to kind of 
relax and take a break and not have to worry about playing, let their body kind of, you know, calm down and, and, and relax and that kind of stuff. But I mean, obviously it's, you know, it, it's easier for me to say it's great now because I won, but you know, it, I'm still, a, I still wish there was less tournaments and we had more time off because you just never really get a break. Even when you're off for two weeks, you're, you know, you, you rest a little bit, but then you got to get back right back into it to make sure your game stays on top. So, well, I, I totally agree with a, you. Uh, it's kind of a catch 22. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I enjoyed the fall season only for the purpose of having golf on uh, 24-7, but that's not when you look at what Rory McIlroy, he's an extreme example, but the guy has to play, wants to play two, two different tours. He gets December, essentially, as his off-season, and the PGA Tour just yeah. you know, it came with a mandate a couple, what, last year that says you got to work one more event into your schedule that you haven't had already. I threw an idea out there where I told myself, you've got too many damn tournaments. Why do we need 40 tournaments, 42 tournaments? Have, I said if you had less events and you had the first month, the prize money the same, but you had, you know, even if it was higher, like every event was $8 million, but you had less, less events, the top players would be forced to play more because they wouldn't have a chance to win, you know, as many times. And their schedule would be a lot different than having to – you know, try to figure out which of the 42 events they're going to play. And then you have a lot of sponsors say, well, you know, we don't get the top players to come. And there's a reason for that because there's just too many damn tournaments to play in. Yeah. And then they get disappointed if Rory can't quite fit it into his schedule or if he has to pull out for some reason the best players. I see what you're saying yeah, I mean, there. Rory's not, he's not a superhero. He's, he can't do it. He's not going to play 45 events. He doesn't need to. I mean, Tiger only played 15 events for 10 years. You know, so, and everybody's like, well, you know, he's not going to play this, not going to play this. You didn't have to. You play 15 events, you win seven of them. You don't have to play every event. It's, uh, you know, he was always fresh. And, and I think that's what Rory's, Rory's going to try to get into a little bit more. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I had Cody Gribble on the podcast a couple of weeks ago after he won the Sanderson. His, obviously, his biggest takeaway was, you know, graduating from web.com and essentially getting three years exemption on tour. What's the biggest? Uh, that's what I told him down in Cancun. I played with him first today. That's what, or Saturday. I told him that. So, so from your perspective, yours is going to be different. You were on a medical exemption. What, what's the biggest takeaway for you? No, mine's the same. I got, I got three years. I, I mean, like, I just like your your situation was. Did you feel like you were in the same situation as a guy like that? And and what was the biggest takeaway from getting that second win? Uh, especially when you're on exemption, he would he would have only gotten a few more starts than I would have because he was a rookie. Yeah. So, you know, the rookie and where he fell into the category, he was probably going to get about 22, and I actually would have gotten more with exemptions uh, that he wouldn't have gotten. So, you know, it, it, it's good. But I told him the same thing. I said, "Hey, man, that's, that's awesome to win. Now you can figure out your schedule." And plus, he's a Nike guy, so he's got to try to figure out <laughs> what clubs he's going to play. I said, "You know, you've got some time to." to do that now, which is awesome. I said, that's great. You know, great plan, you know, good win. That's, uh, it's awesome to win early so that you, you give yourself, you know, you, you had a year anyway, but then you get the two more, but you, he's going to get some stuff that he wouldn't have got. Like Maui's a free money event. There's only 32 of us in there. You know, he'll, he'll get some other stuff. He'll, he doesn't have to go to play the half events if he doesn't want to. It's, uh, there's some big perks there for him. Yeah. I think that the perks are probably something that not every PGA tour fan, the media, they don't, exactly understand what is highest on tour players priority list but regardless of that uh, a big part of your story uh, just this year and this win was obviously coming back from injury coming back from surgery and I understand uh, a torn labrum is a is a huge deal for any athlete but what's different about it for for a golfer from your perspective well I, 
I don't know what other efforts go through because you know if a guy if he play if a guy plays baseball he's got you know it could be a lot of things it could be the swinging but if he throws right handed it doesn't matter uh, but I don't know but for golf you know you make such impact with the ground all the time that it just sends shockwaves up your arm and I basically did this to myself I I swung it so bad for so long and I didn't really get you know I didn't really have a lot of good help I did this to myself and. Uh, for whatever reason, when I came back, my swing had changed tremendously, and um, I, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's it just changed immediately. But it, it's it's a major thing to have that kind of surgery. But you know, there's a bunch of things I've told people that got to happen. You have to have a great, you got to find a great doctor. You got to hope he does the right job, and then you've got to hope that your body heals. And those are three very very important components to actually getting back in the game itself. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I was just, I figure it, it would be similar to a soccer player having a knee injury. You know, golfers, they, they contort their body, their back, their shoulders, their muscles, and their upper body so much. But I, I just, I wondered if there was anything that that was really difficult with the rehab that and that like made you think, holy cow, I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing ever again the same. Oh, yeah, that, I thought that the whole time I wasn't playing. You know, you always have that. You have that doubt. You have surgery. You think, well, what if I didn't take? What if he just fixed it? What if my body doesn't heal? You know, what if I re-injured after starting over again? You know, you start to think these things. You know, am I done? Can I come back? You know, and then you got to get. Then you got to get ready. So now you got to go full steam, and then you've actually got to get into a tournament and see if you actually can still compete. Tough road. It's been a weird 2016 for me. It's been. It's been uh, basically down as low as it possibly could have been for about seven months and the last month has been absolutely on top of the world and uh it's just been a totally weird I, I didn't expect this at all to happen going into thanksgiving i can tell you that much <laughs> well i'm sure there are a number of things you'll be thankful for then uh when you got back on tour people could notice that something different about you obviously the clothes you're wearing the apparel that you are uh, playing in it's a new line of apparel it's called William Murray Golf, uh, and it's, you know, it's a combination. I guess you know it better than I do of the, the founder of the Chive, Bill Murray, his brothers. Why did this make sense for you? Well, it's pretty easy. Everything that the Chive has on the website, I enjoy. You know, you've got all kinds of stuff on there, and and I, you know, we ran into him at the Travis Matthews tournament about four years ago, and I said, you know, you guys do a lot of funny things. You got a hell of a site. You got a hell of a following. It's, you know, you guys obviously play golf. Have you ever thought of getting into the game? And I said, well, you know, we haven't really thought about it ever. Da, 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 da. And we kind of um, just stuck with him after that. And, you know, we, we let him go. And then we, about six months later, we, the guy does all my social media stuff. He uh, he went after him, and, and we started talking about him. We got in front of him, and, and we met him again. And we just I just I we just kept hounding him. So, look, you guys need to get in the game of golf. This is this is something that's massive. I mean, you got the, you've already got the numbers. I'm sure you have a lot of people that like to follow golf that are on your, that are on your site. I said, God, there's gotta be some way we can figure this out. And when they came with bill, it was a no brainer. I mean, it really was, it was, it was, you know, who doesn't love bill Murray? He's, he's for the, every guy, every person really. And, oh. you know, he loves golf. Obviously Bill and his brothers, they love golf. They grew up in Chicago. They're caddies. I mean, they're in the caddy hall of fame. They're, they're awesome. I mean, I got to, I've gotten to know them all now really well. And, uh, it just kind of made sense, you know. And that—that's that, also started after they was making the Bill Murray T-shirts. So, 
uh, I thought, God, we need to come up with some type of clothing line, but it can't be called the tribe. It's got to be. There's got to be some other, yeah, some other type of uh, connection there. And they, you know, they finally got Bill on board. It took a while, but and that's how it started. And you know, it's it's changing. It's changing uh, the clothing line because everybody's really, really excited about it. It's cool. Well, I mean, the more you win in it, the more it'll get noticed, and you're off to a pretty good start with it. Have you ever played golf with with Bill Murray? Uh, I haven't played with him, but I've known him for about 15 years. So, what's it like hanging out I've with him? him long, I've known him a long time. He's, you know, he's not the wild, crazy guy you, you would see. That a lot of the show, he's. Uh, yeah. When you talk to him, he's very interested in what you have to say, and he loves baseball. Last time I was at his tournament, Caddyshack, they had to they had the uh, Cubs on him. He was so into it, just watching it. But then he'd also ask me, he said, how are you doing? What's going on? How are things? How's the rehab come along? This and that. And uh, he's just a great guy. I mean, he's, just, he's, just a, he's just a man of the people. He's, uh, he's awesome. Yeah, I was always interested how much of the, you know, the, the pro-am at Pebble Beach and all his antics that you'll see him do to appease the fans at various golf events. I always wondered how much of that was in part, you know, Bill Murray, the, the character, uh, we we can talk about your win. We can talk about your comeback, everything you've done. You've been on a bunch of golf podcasts and various shows the past month. You know, obviously touting touting the brand and just talking about where you're at with your career. But you you have your own show, um, Out of Bounds, where you co-host with Michael Collins from ESPN. How much do you enjoy doing that? I do. We we really enjoy it. We're uh, we got moved to every week, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it every week now. Every two weeks is pretty, it's pretty good. It's really fun. We have a lot of a lot of fun. We got a lot of people to call in and, and you know enjoy our opinions and you get to talk about kind of everything because I've got a real insight to what's going on. You know, I'll call it the way it is, and I'll also, uh, you know, I'll I'll I just call it the way it is. So if, if something's good, I'll I'll say it's great. If it's not, then it's just not. And, um, but I really enjoy doing it. It's, it's, it's fun for me to kind of get my, you know, get an opinion out there and, you know, people seem to like it. What's the toughest like aspect of that show for you? It's not to not trust. That's one hard <laughs> part for me. <laughs> That's good. Uh, for, two, for two hours, it's very hard for me to do. Yeah. Well, you haven't done it so far on this show and we're, we're coming up on 15 minutes. So I think <laughs> we're doing pretty good now. People that, uh, they look at you and your career I think you being 40 now, people start thinking about the other 40-year-olds that can win on the PGA Tour. Obviously, your your career started as an amateur playing golf with, with Tiger Woods. I'm curious, what what was it like competing against Tiger Woods, the amateur? It was hard. You know, I met Tiger when we were eight years old, and we played the Junior Worlds all the way through, um, you know, until we were 17. And I, you know, I beat him at 17. Finally, it took me forever. But then, you know, we played in college. And he played at you know, Stanford. I played at Arizona State. And he beat the hell out of everybody there, and uh, you know, and then he got the tour, and he's just been beating everybody ever since. But he, it was—he uh, just had something different about him when he was junior and in high school and college. He just—he just knew, and he wanted—he just—he wanted to be the best, and really nothing stopped him. I think everybody else was just kind of being a kid, and you know, the golf was different back, then, you know, 25 years ago. It wasn't like it was say, where kids are traveling the country at 11 years old and. And, you know, and thinking about playing the tour, 18, that kind of stuff. I mean, when he left at 20 years old, it was one of the biggest things that ever happened. We're thinking, you know, here we are at 20 years old. I can't believe this guy's leaving by going to play play golf for a living. He's got his whole life in front of him. What the hell? Why wouldn't he just enjoy school? And now, I mean, kids aren't even going to college anymore. You know, the good players are going for a year, and then they're done. They want to go play. And 
understandable with all the money and fame and everything that's going on. There's, um, I can see why it's happening. Yeah, and I know Tiger, I guess within the past month, said that leaving Stanford without staying for one more year actually was one of his his biggest regrets, if not his only regret. And I, I found that very, very yeah, interesting. Well, it worked out for him. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was he it... still finished now if he wants. He's not playing. <laughs> It's very true. Uh, he's gonna be—he is gonna be returning, or at least he plans to, at the Hero World Challenge uh, in a couple weeks. I guess—I mean, not to have you speak for the entire PGA Tour, but the more that this gets drawn out, as a as a member of the golf media, Tiger's return—it it annoys me in a sense because it takes away from the really good things that are happening on PGA Tour every single week, and and with a number of other players that are up and coming and and much more successful in, in the recent. Does it does it ever get old when it, we talk about return number two, three, four, five, six for Tiger Woods? Yeah, it, it's old just in general. I mean, of course the game, I mean, Tiger changed the game. We do know that. But even if he came back, you know, you're not going to see the Tiger of old. It's just not going to be there. So, you know, everybody's looking for this comeback. But, but more than that, they're looking to see. There's actually more of a question now. It's not... We can't wait to see Tiger come back and win, you know, the Grand Slam. It's, we want to see Tiger come back and see if he can chip. You know, it's totally changed. And unfortunately for him, you know, with all his surgeries and, and the time being away and, you know, some of his comments of saying he's vulnerable and all this kind of stuff, it's, I, I, we're not going to see the guy that we once saw. I think, I don't think he's done playing, but I don't, I, I'll be really shocked if he comes back and plays really, really well. Yeah. And, I think that would hurt him more than it helps him. But yes, you're, you're correct. The media is so old to keep listening to. You know, when's he coming back? And when's he coming back? I mean, the guy's 40s won 79 times. He's, you know, I, I don't think he has the, in my personal opinion, he doesn't have the same drive that he had when he was 24. I, I guarantee that. He's got two kids now. You know, he's raising them not not necessarily on his own, but you know, they're in school, they're active, they're doing sports, and he wants to be there for them. And that's understandable. The guys earn every right to do anything he wants, and the media keeps wearing him out by, you know, whatever he does or doesn't do. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to deal with it as well as he does. But it, um, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know why. You know, everybody's looking for this massive comeback, but it's going to be such a different deal when he comes back anyway. That uh, it just gets old. It takes away from the Rory, the Dustin Johnson, you know, Jason, all these great kids. Golf's in a great spot. I mean, Tiger's already changed the game. There's not going to be another Tiger, but Tiger's not going to come back as he was, and we've got a lot of great kids that are carrying the torch right now that I, I wish people would just focus on as opposed to, you know, Tiger's come back and, oh, my God, is he going to come back? What's he going to do? I mean, we'll just find out. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I appreciate that honest perspective, Pat. Uh, we can We can put Tiger the topic to bed for now. I'll get – one more topic out of you before I let you go. It's probably one that you would have a good time talking about. Let's talk about the Chargers. Anything change? <laughs> anything change uh, in your mind uh, if they leave San Diego? If they leave, I'm not going to be a fan of them anymore. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. I mean, where are they going to go anyway? Where would they go? I guess to L.A. Um, if they, the only place I would actually, the only place I would actually root for them is if they moved to Vegas, because <laughs> there wouldn't be another city where a team has been. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so uh, if it was Las Vegas Chargers, which I don't think it's going to be, I think the Raiders are going to go there myself. But 
Um, you know, what I don't understand is the, the Chargers bitch about not getting a stadium and the fans bitch about not having a stadium. How about getting a team together first? Let's save the money on the stadium and spend it on the team. Let's get some players in there. Let's win, it Let's win a playoff game for once in the last 10 years. And let's see what happens there. Instead of worrying about a new stadium and all this other stuff. I mean, they haven't deserved a new stadium. No Super Bowl. Only a couple playoff wins in the last 14 years. I mean, what are, you, what, what are they really looking for? Yeah. Well, it's tough. I mean, they've been so average, uh, you know, good enough to be. I in... mean, average, that, that's being kind. <laughs> uh, I mean, every time that I, every team that I root for is mathematically out of it after, after four games. We've got Sun Devil football, San Diego <laughs> Padres, and the San Diego Chargers. So let's say I got nothing to root for. for that. <laughs> let's say uh, let's say the Chargers move. Do you have a backup team, or are you are you just going straight to ASU football? Uh, you mean for pro football? No. Yeah. I don't have I don't have anybody. Yeah. It's tough. I I'm. No, I would just kind of be a fan of the game itself and watch great teams. You know, like the Brady's and the. You know, I just watch great teams because it's actually just fun to watch them anyway and see what a team is supposed to look like on Sunday. Nothing more. I would buy the first Super Bowl ticket if they could get there. But it's just uh, it's unfortunate that you know, they just never played that well. It sucks. Chargers right now 4-6, and six, last place in the AFC West, trailing the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. That was Pat Perez. Thanks to Pat for his thoughts on the NFL, but more so on his return from labrum surgery and what it means to win on the pga tour again and what tiger woods will probably look like when he comes back to the pga tour here in a couple weeks thanks for tuning in to the golf.com podcast thanks to pat for joining me if you like this podcast tell me about it on twitter at sean underscore zock that's s-e-a-n underscore z-a-k next week the plan is to sit down with gil hance world-renowned golf course architect Talk about what he's worked on, what he's working on, and what he will work on in the future. Stay tuned for that one. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Zock. Mm-hmm.